Welcome to the Fit and Fierce podcast, a show to inspire and empower you and remind you that we're all a little messed up and that's okay. I'm your host, Megan. And in my personal journey, I realized that the fiercest thing I ever did was to ask for help. I no longer wanted my story to rule me. I was going to own it and share it. And throughout each one of these episodes, I want you to remember that being flawed doesn't make you less. It makes you more. I kind of got the feels about this episode, you guys. Thank you for uh, giving this a listen. And the idea for this episode came from my guest, Dr. Lauren Brunswick. And Lauren and I work together in a coaching relationship. And she said, hey, you want me to be on your podcast? Why don't I open up, get really real, get really vulnerable, air everything to my audience, you at the Fit and Fierce, as well as her audience at the She Slays the Day podcast. Yes, she has her own podcast too. And we are dual podcasting this, something new for us. But she said, let's let's give an inside peek of what it's like to actually sit down and do a coaching session. What is it like to walk through that? What are the positives? What are the hard parts? What are the struggles? What are real conversations looking like? And for so many of us as women, I think that's so eye-opening to just say, hey, somebody else is struggling too. And I might not be able to identify with all of that, but I can definitely identify with some of that. Or, God, she nailed it. I feel the exact same way. I'm not alone in this. And this is exactly what Lauren opens up and allows us to do. And besides being an amazing woman, Besides having a podcast, she is also has two chiropractic clinics, Blue Hills Chiropractic in Northwestern Wisconsin. She is all about empowering females, both in her business and in life, just getting them unstuck. And so this is somebody that you all are totally aligned with already as Fit and Fierce listeners, as well as the She Says the Day listeners. So Sit down, dive in, you get to see the real ins and outs of what coaching is like. And I hope that you take away something very valuable from this, that being open and honest and real allows space for you to grow. Welcome back, everybody. So today's episode I'm super excited about. It's something totally different that I have not dabbled into before, and I'm not going to take credit for the idea. It definitely came from my guest today, Lauren Brunslick. Welcome, Lauren. Hey, Lauren. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? <laughs> I, I can. We've been having great tech tech uh, issues today, so let's hold our breath. Up it's, mercury. It. it's mercury. It's mercury. It stops at 1236 today. So like two minutes from the time we're recording this, we should be good. All right. Okay. So um, above and beyond having tech issues, Lauren, why don't you tell the listeners who is this other voice that's on the line? Okay, so my name's Lauren Brunslick, um, and I live in Northwest Wisconsin. Megan and I share a bestie. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband's from, so it's Rice Lake, Wisconsin. And it's where my husband's from, not me, but now I live here, and I've lived here for 10 years, so I guess I officially am from here it's now. It's kind of home now. <laughs> that's that's I home. Still I'm don't, no, I, I still identify that as my home and not where I have lived for the last 10 years, so it's okay to say. 
Right. So um, I'm 32. I'm a chiropractor. I have two clinics and two girls. Um, I'm married to a really cool guy named Kirby. If you hear me say Kirby throughout the podcast, that's that's him. That's him. That's him. Um, And about two, three months ago, I got a little bored, I guess, and started a podcast. So that's She Slays the Day. So when you reached out to me to come on your podcast, I was like, yes, absolutely. But kind of like two things went through my head. Um, one, I don't know. I think this is like a really weird personality flaw of mine, or maybe it's a personality strength. Uh, but I oppose showing up in any sort of way, like well put together. Like I never want someone to be like, oh my gosh, she's so perfect. It's like, oh no, girl, I'm a hot mess. <laughs> and so when you invited me on, I was like, okay, well, I am a health professional. I could come and talk about something, but it'd be way more fun to talk about my brokenness. Um, and I'm always like trying to do like time management, but like, what if we do this and that? And so I had reached out to you and said, what if we talk about like body image because I had hired you about to be my coach. And I said, and then we can use the recording on my podcast too. And I was like, yep, doing it. Let's do it. I've been waiting and waiting for a really good fit of that. And I, this is, I think that this is a really good environment to hit two audiences and to just be really open and honest about what coaching is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So then I should rewind a little bit to us talking about getting on each other's podcast to when I actually decided to hire you as mm-hmm. a coach. Um, so like I said, I'm 32. I have my history with just body weight loss. All that stuff is I kind of went through, I don't know, you're just like normal, awkward mil- middle schooler age. I was very chunky. I had heavy ortho, like orthodontic stuff happening like glasses um and I wasn't picked on like I wasn't bullied or anything like that I just really was I don't know invisible like I had friends but like what happened is is over the course of I don't know if it was hormones or um like a lot of subway. Jared was really big back it's a then. big time in our age. <laughs> it was a very big time. Um and I don't know. I showed up basically freshman year, 40 pounds less. The braces came off. It was like that moment. And she's all that where it's like, all of a sudden I had boys attention and I made the cheerleading squad and I had all these new friends who were had parties. And um, when I was reflecting on telling my, like who I am and my story on the podcast, I was like, huh, I never realized that that probably like all of a sudden I was no longer invisible. I was seen. And I think that that really cemented some unhealthy body image and self-worth stuff into my like neurology, if you will. It was the quintessential, you're going to be valued, you're going to be worthy when you look a certain way and not until you look a certain way. And what made it worse is like life validated it. It wasn't like just this rumor. Everybody notices suddenly... You're beautiful when what were you before? Right. So, you know, that was freshman year. So basically freshman year till now, um, I stayed 
like I kind of what I call like found my default body. There was a couple like random years where like freshman year I gained like a freshman 30. Whoops. <laughs> um, and I had I have two girls and both of my pregnancies I gained 70 pounds. But like I lost all that. And every time I kind of keep coming back to the same weight, um, just because I'm super effing nosy. I, I said effing. I didn't say the real thing. I'm so proud of I'm myself. Proud. You I'm working swear on. on here. It's, it's well, you decide on Thank your you. podcast Thank what you, you okay. want to do. I yeah. don't oh, hold back. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, where was I going with that? I got all distracted because I was so proud of so myself. Proud. This is a huge gold star. <laughs> Um, you, <laughs> oh, I found my default yes, body. Yep. And so like, I, um, I'm nosy. So I would want to know I'm five, eight and I'm 155 pounds. And, like, so it's not relevant, but it's really just to say like, I'm a very average body. Absolutely. Like I'm not, um, model thin, but I'm also not, I don't qualify for like plus size model either. I'm like in that kind of very much a size eight Mm -hmm. like and I kind of barely I have rarely been a size six and I sometimes am a 10 and like that's just where I live and it's my it's my default body not Chloe not to be confused with Chloe Kardashian's (laughs) revenge body which I think is probably way hotter than what I am but default body so I spend all these years kind of going like yo-yo diet because my default body wasn't there just without effort what would happen is, is I would kind of fall off the bandwagon, gain five, seven pounds, see some picture where I look horrible. It would motivate me to find the next diet. I would lose that five, seven pounds, always want to lose an additional, but have a hard time doing it. I'd get comfortable. I'd gain weight. I'd lose weight. I'd gain weight. And so it was kind of in this swing. So I had heard you speak in January of this year, 2019. And I've been following you and like your posts are very vulnerable. And I'm like, hmm, I can relate, but I don't need her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no, I don't need it. I don't need it. Just the next diet. I'll find the next diet. I don't even remember what it was. So I'm trying something. And then I think I saw a picture where I probably had like, I don't know, in my mind, I had like six chins. And I, it's, it sent me through the normal shame cycle that I've always done. But this time something was different. Um, normally that shame cycle would motivate me to find the next yo-yo thing. Um, but I was like, I'm so done. I was like in tears talking to my husband and I'm like, I'm done. I'm 32. This body image baggage is too heavy and I'm sick of it. And so that's when I reached out to you not to like look for the next it thing. But I was like, I'm done. I'm too damn old to be having such immature thoughts about my body. And this isn't good. And eventually my girls are going to see it. And so that kind of brings us up to present day, I guess. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah, they're just I like very vividly remember our first conversation and like writing down notes of what you said. And it was very much of that point. It's just like carrying around this and anybody who is listening, who has experienced that so many of us women like dieting all the time or always working out or always hating our body. Finally, it's just like, fuck, this shit is heavy. And I am carrying this. It, It consumes your every thought, every picture, every outfit, every day, what you're gonna eat, what you're not like, all of that takes up so much space. Yeah, and it really did. And you know, I think that when 
your, I don't want to say that it was having kids in a business or, yeah, I don't know. I think for everybody, it's probably very different. I think that there are probably single women in their fifties who haven't gotten to the point where they're ready to give it up yet. Um, so I don't think kids or anything age, it was just too much. It was like, yeah, I got, I can't keep wasting this much energy on this. I got shit to do. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, so we're about like six, seven weeks in now. Um, and it's been, it's been fun. It's been really fun to be honest. I'm not trying to like sell you I'm like really are you are are you being honest with this conversation Um, so the workouts have been fun and here's why because I've never lifted weights so I've always been like a cardio girl um you know you know as cardio girls we go to the gym and then we get on the treadmill for 45 minutes and then we get off and we do the stair stepper for 10 and we're do a couple abs and then we're done and we're done uh so you know even in high school, I never squatted or bench pressed or anything like that. So that's what all of these workouts have been. And um, I think, is, I will say, they take a really long time. So when I have people write into me asking about, like, how do you, how do you fit it in? Like, how am I, how do you fit everything in? You know, that's the question that people like to ask. Um, and I'm like, well, I don't know how to answer it because. I have this very, I'm very grateful for the work life that I have created that I'm very flexible until about two o'clock in the afternoon, Monday through Thursday and Friday, I don't work at all. So like, I don't have, I'm not due in my clinic until two or two 30. So it's like, well, how do I fit in? I wake up, I drink coffee tell my kids to make their own breakfast because I'm still drinking my coffee. Pretend I'm supposed to, like, I'm supposed to be journaling and meditating, but really I'm scrolling Instagram. I get my kids to school and then I show up to the gym sometime before nine o'clock. You know, and it's like, and then I spend an hour and a half. So that's, (laughs) that's, I guess, my first question of like, I'm getting a little nervous because right now I'm enjoying it, but I don't think I can do four hour to hour and a half gym workouts a week for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're right. And I don't, right. And somebody who works um, like in an office eight to six, what, what, what's your, what do you tell people there? Yeah. I, and that's a huge investment of your time. And so when we're talking about this, the first thing I say is that's where, when you work with a coach, that open and honesty needs to be number one. If, if, you're getting something and whether that's a workout, whether that's nutrition plans, whether that's whatever it is, if it doesn't fit for you, you gotta say it because it's your time. It's your investment. It's for you. And so number one is that just being open and honest. And two is we don't have to like my huge platform is like, how can you do less and get more? And that means, can you cut back a day at the gym? That means I can knock out a super effective workout. I've shared with Lauren, when I first started doing strength training, I worked out at home for 30 minutes, literally, actually 28 minutes, 28 to 30 minutes, four days a week, and my body changed. It wasn't drastic, but there was definitely change. And so you can be smart about how you can work out. You can play with circuits. You can play with time. You can manipulate 
different days. Like there's so many options. So don't ever think that there's a one size fits all. And you're right. If long-term that's not a fit, it's totally not worth it for you. So make what can be sustainable for your schedule. So when you were doing four 30 minute workouts a week, did diet play? I don't, I don't want to say more of a role. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I guess that's how I- Yeah. And unfortunately that's the sucky part of it. Like I love to work out, man. If working out like brought you everything, I'd be set. Like that would, that was never a struggle for me. It's the diet aspect that is more so probably 90% of it. Our bodies move. Workouts are meant to strengthen our body. They're meant to make them work more effectively make them work more efficiently. Do you burn calories working out? Yes. Does your body change aesthetically, specifically with weight training? Yes. If your diet is crap, or and I shouldn't be that harsh, but if you are not eating to fuel your body properly, you will not get sustainable results, period. What if you're super awesome about fueling your body for 22 out of 24 hours a day, but you kind of find the peanut butter jar and chips like right before bed. I'm I'm asking for a just friend, just a hypothetical question. Right. So no, that is something um, again that I very much struggle with. And what you've told me in previous coaching calls, and like kind of what I've heard is like, oh, you're and maybe I other people is like, oh, you need to eat more throughout the day. And I'm like, I'm not actually hungry. I'm not starving earlier in the day. Like I probably get through my entire day, even with an intense workout and going to the clinic on like 300 calories of coffee and 400 calories of food. And then I eat dinner like a normal person but I, I honestly don't know if it comes to the fact that I wasn't fueling myself enough during the day, um, like with food and nutrients, as much as it might be like that emotional, okay, the kids are in bed. My husband and I are going to turn on Big Little Lies because Game of Thrones is over. Um, we're going to open that bottle of wine. And then about halfway through the bottle of wine, we're getting like, you know what? I just want a little, little crunchy something. And like, I don't know if I'm actually hungry in that moment. In fact, I probably not. So I don't know. Numb, numbness, eating. Well, see, and this is where a huge part of coaching is just offering space because the quieter I am, the more the answers come to the person that's asking the questions. So first of all, in the conversations that we've had, honestly, and I'm going to call you out, like, Do you think with all the things that you're doing mentally and physically with an hour and a half workout, if that was your workout for the day with working with doing it is realistically, if a patient came to you and said, I'm only eating 700 calories, I'm doing all of this. What would you tell them? Well, okay. I would tell them that's very bad for them. Yes. And not that it's bad, but it's not serving you as well as it can. But I will say, I do love the approach that you take of saying, I don't feel hungry. Like I'm listening to my body. If you really are, and that's where calling out your own bullshit comes in, not you, but all of us in general and saying like, 
am is this like the mentality that I've always put like do I think that this is or am I really getting the sensation that I'm not hungry and then don't eat if you're not hungry so it's first looking at that number one then the piece that you secondly said was in the same the same question that you were asking yourself throughout the day am I hungry when it's oh you know I'm looking for just something just like i deserve this treat at the end of the day i've done really well yep, I've I've done, it's almost like i save calories earlier in the day because if you told me like no i want you to eat i would actively be i think the thought with that would go through my head is like shit this means i'm not gonna be able to have that second glass of wine because i ate my full sandwich instead of my half sandwich or like, shoot, I'm going to have to be really good about not opening any munchies tonight. And so, Oh man, that almost makes you be accountable. Yeah. And that's okay okay too, because you know what? (laughs) Some people, yeah, it's not fun, but some people really do fuel that way. Like there's intermittent fasting. There's different styles of eating that honestly serve people differently. There's not one size fits all, but then it's coming back to the same question of, are you eating that out of habit? Are you eating it to numb your feelings? Like you said, are you eating it to totally self-sabotage yourself? Because in your mind, this is my body. All of this work is working really hard and I'm destined to be this way forever. My body will never be what I want it to be. I'm not worthy enough of what I want it to be. So subconsciously, I'm just going to kind of fuck myself because I'm going to see that. Totally. That can't be, like, how is that a thing where it's like, if somebody is like, I am getting, I'm seeing some results because that's where I am. And that's also very frustrating. We can talk about that next. Um, But like, you know, the, the, the things, the scale is moving. I'm getting stronger. I'm starting to see things. I definitely am not where I want to be though. So, like, why would I self-sabotage? Because your body continually is going to read what it feels, what it thinks, what you say, what you do. So, if you're saying, yeah, you know what? First of all, I've done really good. Think about it. Like, I'll see the scale go down. In my struggles, it was like, wow, it went down. I'm justified in eating an extra spoon of peanut butter. But then that spoon turned into three spoons and then four spoons but then the scale went up and then I could be like oh you dummy like you did it again like we're in this cycle again how dare you do it the shame blame guilt crap or if we're constantly telling our body like gosh you did great but you're not where you're at like I still don't like you yeah I'm getting stronger I can see it my arms but my abs are still crap like my belly's still fat I just wore a swimsuit. Nobody complimented me. I guess it's not working. Just saying. Nobody, this isn't working. What are you going to do? Like you're feeding your brain that verbiage, that thought all day long. It's going to do what you're telling it to do. It's going to default. You know, it's been, I kind of touched on it. This whole idea I, I don't know if anybody can tell. I'm an Enneagram type three. Uh, I deal with control. I don't want to say problems. Um, needing control is something that's in my life. And I think a lot of people, you know, when you have lots of things happening, that's how we seek um, order 
you know, Mm -hmm. is instead of leaning into the chaos, we try and like hyper control. So what I've noticed is really been a struggle lately is I'm doing the thing. So I was talking to a friend who has like no body issues at all. I'm like, you and I are, we are different people. It's very nice. Mm. Yeah. And she's like, you know, I think I would care more if I was trying, you know, like I look in the mirror and I'm like, yeah, this is what it is, but I'm not doing anything for it. And I'm like, yeah, so that's where we're different is I right now I'm in this phase. There have been phases where I'm not doing anything, um, but I feel like I'm eating the right things. I'm working out. And I feel like my results should be different. And so it's, it's less about what the results actually are, I think, internally, as much as it is more, I don't have control over this. Like, what, what do you mean? It should be an equation. You eat this, you do that, body looks this way. And it's really frustrating that I don't think that's how it works. It's not. You know, that's the one thing that everybody told us, like, is calories in versus calories out? You exercise X amount of time and like, bam, it's solved. There's so, that's why you're like, is that a real thing? Yeah, there's so much more that goes into it. Our mindset, our hormones, like, if we're constantly in this, like, stress of control, because I'm the same way, control soothes me quote unquote but in reality every single time in my life where I have been fighting so hard for control disordered thoughts actions and behaviors were totally controlling me and I had no fucking control over it Mm -hmm. every single time and so when you release that when your body calms down when things even out you're not soothing your emotions with food at the end of the night you don't need to because you're breathing. Your body's not holding on to tension. That's inflammation. That's stress. Your cortisol level, your hormones get jacked up. You, when we release that control and those expectations, we open ourselves up for what we're really wanting. Yeah, that's really interesting. And when you were talking about that, it kind of paired with what we were talking about too of the nighttime eating and like numbing, um, Kirby told me about my uh, study that's been done a long time ago, but basically they've proven that willpower and self-control is almost like a muscle. It fatigues. Mm -hmm. So I am likely controlling, controlling, controlling all day long from the moment I wake up. Not too much creamer. Nope. I will do cold brew, not a latte, like only one pump. You know, all of these things are about coffee, but that's because it's before 5 p.m. Um, but just so, think you know, how much mental capacity those yeah. things that you just said are doing already in the beginning of your day. Yep. And then by the time I get to 8 p.m. and it's, I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not going to say I'm not crazy because yeah uh but like this does not consume me 24 7 by any means but I think it might be kind of a thread anytime you know breakfast snacks lunch dinner uh, drinks things like that come up it's there's this like machine in the background going like choose this not that do this do that so by the time I get to 8 or 9 p.m I've just fatigued the fuck out of my willpower and it's like I'm done and I'm done and I've talked to you too about how this happens on a bigger scale um, every time I go on vacation 
because right before vacation, I don't know if anybody else does this, I am always like, need to lose that five pounds right before vacation. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter if I'm going skiing in Vail and I'm going to be in like a big puffy suit. One is going to be pounds. five pounds less, people. <laughs> right? And so it's just like, I use all of this self control uh, one, two, three weeks up before the vacation. And then it is like, I get on vacation and I'm like, what? (laughs) Give me all of it because I've just exhausted that muscle. Exhausted it in the same thing. What pattern do you constantly subconsciously associate vacation with? Vacation means one month before I am controlled to a T. Everything is perfect as we say it can be. I lose my five pounds. Vacation means I get my reward. I'm going to give myself my reward. That means all the things, including all the alcohol, all the treats, all the sweets, and bam. Now, like I'm telling myself again, this is a pattern. This is what my body gets. This is what I'm worth. This is what my body defaults to. Okay. So how do we kind of so now what the hell I've never do? paralleled that I've never paralleled I've realized the vacation mode thing and um I'll share I know I told you already but it was actually on our most recent uh, mini vacation down to Lake Geneva with our family that I really realized how bad that pattern had gotten um where so my eldest Charlie who's seven she has dairy issues so it's not like so bad that um you know we'll ask for like a cheeseburger with no butter on the bun or no cheese like she can handle that but like she does not do well on yogurt straight up milk ice cream things like that so we're on vacation and it's about 36 hours in and she is having um some of these old signs like wet bed, bedwetting um, and having bowel issues. And I look back and I'm like, oh, she's had three like ice cream stores in the last 36 hours. Now she's seven. She didn't drive to the ice cream store. I took her there. I literally pointed it out and was like, ah, ice cream. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I am already training her. We would never, like ice cream's a treat. She gets it once or twice a month during the summer in our house when we're home but like here I am just like of course you can have treats of course there's dessert after lunch and breakfast and cookies for breakfast and I'm like oh and so I came back from that talking to you like okay we got to handle this vacation mode thing because I am totally setting up a pattern in my seven-year-old that I'm trying to break at 32 and I don't want her to go through that so that was helpful and but tying it to the nine o'clock thing now, I'm like, oh, I do it on a micro scale every day. Exactly. I was just going to say, you know, we, like we do that in such like macro versions and micro versions. And the other question that I asked you is, and we talked about, it's not that having ice cream is inherently bad, but does it make Charlie feel good? Clearly not. So it's not honoring that. It's also not that like we're cutting this out and we never can have it. But why do we put that? time on a pedestal why are you not having why don't you have ice cream every night at your house like what does it matter if you did that on a Tuesday yeah yeah just finding instead of having these two modes of self-control and out of control it's it's just not black one. and white yeah okay 
So <laughs> I think I know what you're going to say on this. One of the other main conversations that we keep having, and I would say is a major block still, um, and I need more coaching on, is this whole self-love acceptance thing. Um, so for people who don't know me, I am like the most confident, insecure person you'll ever meet. <laughs> like, it's like anybody who ever hears like, wait a minute, you have any insecurities in life? I'm like, yes, I do. Because I walk around with this, like, there's some things I just don't give a shit. And then all these other things that I care extensively about, like, why didn't they put a smiley? Like, if my friend doesn't put a smiley face after their text, I'm like, oh my God, she's mad. She's totally mad. And I have called like six, seven times leaving voicemails. Are you mad at me? I'm really sorry. So anyway, that was just my craziness and ADD coming. Because we just need some validation. Right. Yeah. All comes back to that. But the self-love. So when I think of self-love, I think of acceptance. Is this true? It's a huge part of what self-love is. Self-love is not sunshine and rainbows. It's not every day waking up and loving yourself. I am still on my self-love journey. I think we all continue to be every day. I am a much more evolved person. Um, The story that I've shared with you, Lauren, and with my listeners over and over again is you cannot, you cannot change your body if you do not start coming from a place of love. Can you in the short term? Absolutely. Does the short term bring you any kind of actual deep satisfaction or gratitude or love? No. The most miserable time in my life was when I was my smallest. Easily, easily 25 pounds smaller than I am now. I was awful human. I hated myself more than I ever have. My body was disgusting. I was disgusting. I was anxious. I, my life was just crumbling but it should have been perfect. Like I was finally small Mm -hmm. and I, it wasn't because I still hated myself internally. And it wasn't until I was like, okay, this isn't working. What's wrong. And dove into that Avenue of acceptance, which is like you said, that self-love it's not, I still don't look in the mirror every day and be like, I got it. I love every piece of me. I feel great every day. We were going to do this on Zoom and I was like, don't judge me because I look like crap today. Like I still pick up parts of my body, but I can catch myself when I'm doing it, which is the first step of just realizing it and knowing that my outward body is not why people love me. It's not my, when people think of me, I hope it's my message. I hope it's my spirit. I hope it's my vibrations and energy that people love, not my physicality. And self-love doesn't also mean, great, well, here I am. Like, I'm stuck here. Like, I love myself now. I can never change it. It doesn't mean that we can't. Yeah. That's the big, like, opposition that I think I, I know I need to get over is when I go like, okay, so if I love and accept my body, I associate that with I accept that this is what I will look like at its peak for the rest of my life and it won't get better. And so you can imagine 
that that is something that I would I actively would like turn and run from of like no 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 I will love my body in five ten more pounds then I'll accept it and love it for the rest of the life it can stay that weight and that look for the rest but I, I I can't accept this yet because if I accept the way my stomach looks why how would it get more toned like how that's that's what I don't understand of like where's the motivation coming from oh this is going to sound icky my crazy is going to show here where does the oh god I don't even where does the motivation come from to improve if it's not coming from that asshole inside of us that says like ew ew that's what your stomach looks like how do you motivate your employees how do you motivate your children money money that's a good one that's a positive do your children motivate when you tell them that they're worthless piles of crap or do they motivate when you give them something positive yeah definitely more that so what would that look like? Like, literally, I need you to tell me, like, how would I, so standing in front of a mirror, naked as fuck, and I'm like, hmm, that's, that's a stomach that I love, but want to improve. What's the self-talk there? Like, what's the script? Self-talk, first of all, is looking at your whole package. Are you just your stomach? No. Are there a zillion other things about yourself that you could choose to say that you like? Or are you just going to one narrow in on one square inch of your body? Yeah. We're just going to narrow in on the square inch that I hate. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so then you're going to continue to feel that way. I'm a perfectionist. Uh, so I, Kirby would even say like, I'll come home I'll, and like the whole house is mostly clean except for the dishes. I'm like, why did he not load the dishes? So again, uh, this carries out in other places where I find like the one thing that's not perfect and that is where all of my attention goes like right now I'm like yeah yeah yeah. I don't mind my arms I don't hate them my legs I don't hate them my butt kind of looking nice stomach like this just all of my energy goes into the thing that's not going right why are you putting all your energy to something that isn't serving you well I don't because I don't know how to not choose not and I also associate I think I might also associate it with the level of success in life, it kind of comes back to that, like, well, what would motivate me? You know, so like, let's take it away from body image for Mm -hmm. a second. If, um, if I look at my practice, you know, and I'm like, okay, we are down 5% profitability this year. All of a sudden my energy goes towards like, okay, we need to improve this and it will recover. These are the action steps we're going to do. And in my mind, I have like, well, if I didn't focus on what was going wrong, I wouldn't be as successful. And like same thing with the body of like, well, if I don't focus on the part of my body that I like least and like make an action plan, like then what hope do I ever have of improving that? Yeah. And, and it's very it, like when you can scale it onto something different, then sometimes we can look at it differently. So right now, would you say that your stomach is 5% away from what it needs to, or is it like 75% away from what it needs to be? Well, and this is where we come back to like, is it ever going to be, is there a finish line? 
Uh Is there actually, because I can tell you when we go again, back to practice, you know, I shared this story um, that when I first graduated chiropractic school, I was like, I only want to adjust 100 people a week. I will be super happy if I could just do that. And then I got like close and I was like 150, 150, I'll be happy. And then I got to 150 and it was like 250. Yep. I got close to 250 and I doubled it 500. And, you know, and so it's like, I kind of realize now that if I was adjusting a thousand people a week, I mean, not me personally, but like our team. I think I would still be looking to what's next for that happiness and more than likely. So when you ask like, well, what percentage is your stomach to where you want it? I don't know that realistically knowing myself and my past that I would ever get to a point where I wouldn't find something to be like "Mm, this. I'll be happy this. I'll be happy then when. Mm hmm. Because when we seek validation from external things, it's never going to be. It's never going to be enough. And you contradict yourself in the story of your business. Yes. Do you look at success monetarily or volume-wise and saying, wow, we're down 5%. What do we need to do to remedy this? Yeah, you did. That helps you. That's a motivator. But what was also thriving you? In the story that you just told of, I'm going to see 100. Ooh, now 150 thrives me. Ooh, now 200 thrives me. You were busting your tail when you were thriving by increasing that number, by feeling that positive motivating in the same way that you did from the negative. So have you tried to do positive motivators with yourself versus always the negative motivators? I've only tried, well, I mean, I wasn't consciously doing negative motivators, but I don't think I've ever done positive motivators. Again, like, I'm not really sure. I think I interrupted you, but like, I don't know what that would look like and sound like. Mm -hmm. And that is, it's number one, it's a choice. It is choosing to not narrow in, in the same way that if we have a bad day, if my whole day is ruined because I had the best day of my life. I had a great day at work. My family was wonderful. Everything happened. But at 7.30 at night, oh, man, I spilled a cup of water. And crap, like my day's done. Like what a shit day. It's awful. This was the worst thing that ever happened to me. We get to choose what we want to focus on. If you say, I like my arms, and we're going to change your language because it's not like my arms are okay, my legs are okay. I like the way that my arms look right now. I like the way that my legs look right now. My butt is looking really great. Why are we not leading with three positives? And why are we narrowing in on one negative? And it's easy to say. It's easy for me to stand on this side and tell you that. I very much understand that. But you have to ultimately own your power. Here's where you can control. Control what you are going to focus on. Is it going to be positive or is it going to be negative? Okay, I can do that. So one of the exercises that you gave me two weeks ago was to like really feel, uh, like sit in the feeling of feeling proud or good about something. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kind of like, it was working really well. So I was wearing a swimsuit and feeling strong, feeling comfortable in the swimming suit. But none of my friends said, anything 
all day long. And I'm like around, like half naked around my girlfriends, like kind of like doing like this booty stance. Like, <laughs> are you going to like comment on like how great my booty looks or anything? And no one said anything. And I'm like, and so then it just like shut all of that. Like, you know what? You were wrong to think you looked good. You were wrong to feel good in the swimming suit. You actually look terrible. Otherwise, somebody would have said something. Okay, maybe not terrible, but you didn't look as good as you felt. Otherwise, they would have said something. And I'm like, shoot, that's that can't be healthy either. Well, and I think that comes back to the exact same story that you shared with us in the beginning, and also um, so many of the experiences that you've shared today. What what was your marker of you being loved and accepted? when you were a freshman in high school. Yep. Their attention, their attention, because changing the way you looked gave you positive validation from everybody else around you. It gave you attention. It made you feel good because it feels nice to be told nice things about ourselves. And that's a lot of, I mean, this gets deep and like crazy, like into society as well, but like, is it not just as meaningful if your friends told you when you were hanging out, like, Oh my gosh, did you see what you are doing with your business? Like you were running two clinics, you have a podcast that's successful. You're doing this. You have children that you're raising. You have like, they can tell you all these positive things and these great things about you that have nothing to do with physical looks. And you're like, Oh yeah, thanks. Fine. Whatever. If you accept that or not. But why is suddenly giving a validation on how you look physically far more outweighing what they say about anything else internally? Because that's what I'd been focusing on. I think if, yep. if my mind and energy had been focused on growing the business and like doing that over the last few weeks and they would have complimented that, then it's, I think it still would have been. So it doesn't stay mm-hmm. with body image. Um, you know, so, okay. So how do I, all right. So what do I do? <laughs> You need to help me. I'm so broken. No, you're not. You're normal. Like we joke about it and like we laugh about it. But like, I guarantee that everybody else listening to this is like, yeah. So, so what do I do? Like, where do I pick this up from? And honestly, a lot of it is, this is the hard shit. Yeah. The working out's not always easy, but you can do it. Yeah. The eating, we tackle that, but it has a lot more to do with emotion than actually food. Cause it never really be honest has anything to do with food. Um, it's that mindset. It's like, where do I start to shift that? And for you, you've taken the first step of being very aware of it. That's number one. We don't notice, we don't notice our language. We don't notice our thoughts constantly because that's just what we've been programmed to do for so long. It's sitting in it. It's feeling it. And then it's actually choosing like I can sit in my shit and play victim or I am going to focus on the things I like. I am going to add in affirmations. I am going to do things to celebrate my body. I am going to work on what avenues can I do to focus on mindset? What tools do I have? Who can I outreach to to help me in that? Because unless we tackle that internal work, unless we rewire those thoughts in the brain, it's not going to change. You're going to continue to self-sabotage yourself. And another really strong question that I ask a lot of people, and Lauren, I don't know if we've discussed this, but ultimately, like, where does that fear of being fat or where does that fear of having a stomach that's not flat or having thighs that don't gap, like, 
Okay, hold on. Is there really people walking around that this whole thigh gap thing we've also never talked about? Is that a real thing? I've like, seen there it, are people unfortunately. I can't look good in real life. No, it doesn't. But see, in my mind, I thought that I would. And when I kind of actually had it, I was a fucking hot mess and I didn't see it. So it, even if it is real, well, God bless their genetics. If I it think is. it's a unicorn. I don't think it's real. Well, like, I feel no. like it has to do with how your hip, like, hip placement as the chiropractor, maybe you can give into that or like oh, pelvic alignment. I bet you their hips are like internally wrote. See? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Brand new marketing thing for our business. There you go. How to get <laughs> we a thigh will get gap. you a thigh gap. We're just going to adjust you incorrectly. <laughs> We're going to give you this so your body looks just banging, but you won't see it because you still hate yourself. <laughs> exactly. Mm, all right. Maybe that was a bad marketing. Yeah. Video, but <laughs> flash mode. Okay. So what's my biggest fear about if I, it's it, just letting yourself go. I like, I think I have no um, I'm actually very anti-fat shaming. Um, like I'm very sensitive to it anytime, um, you know, I hear anybody like, oh, did you hear she, see she gained 10 pounds? I'm like, ooh, it like makes a really icky feeling. So I don't think it's that my fear is like, oh no, I'm going to be fat. It's uh, against my like wiring that I associate Sorry, it is my wiring that I associate letting go of that, a letting go of those negative baggage, whatever, as letting myself go. And if I let myself go, then... Then nobody loves me because nobody loved me when I was in eighth grade, but they sure did when I was a freshman. They'll love me. I'll just be broke as F and like not be able to show my ribcage midriff just my favorite part <laughs> like, mine too that's why you get really high-waisted everything super high-waisted you know that inch right below the sports bra that's my sexiest yeah everybody's <laughs> everybody's so like i would lose that like no my husband would still love me like i my kids would still love me and that would be fantastic and honestly my business would still but well no because like i said i associate letting go with like all the success so So if i let go in one area the whole thing's just gonna implode so there you've reached it again like when we focus so much on one thing and we really dive into it it has nothing to do with your body it's if i let this part of me go then everything else cascades down yeah my business like that is where that mindset work in. And the question that I'm going to ask too, like as we kind of do with our coaching calls, as this very much has been is, okay, so it's a lot. They can be really heavy. It's like, you kind of get to a point where it's like, all right, I need, I need to like, (laughs) I need to stop talking to you. (laughs) I need to just digest everything that's happened. But then you do that with some homework. And the question that I'm going to leave you with and that I want you to is because also, as all the listeners can guess, one coaching call doesn't fix you. One day at the gym doesn't make your body look banging. One salad doesn't suddenly make you lose 10 pounds. Like all of this is a chosen work in progress that you choose to because you think that you have value to. You think that you are worth working on yourself. But the question, Lauren, that I'm going to leave you with is, have you actually tried to release it like 
you hold so tight on that control. Think about like, have you ever led with not doing that? And what would your life be like if just for a week, we never have to do anything long-term. What if for two weeks, what if a week you just released leading with that and chose something different? And that's what you can sit on and think on. Like what, what would happen? Like I held so tightly to control of my, um, my macros and tracking my food. And I, I had this death grip on because that's all I knew. And I was so scared to let it go. Guess what? I finally released it. I was like, okay, I'm going to stop for a week. And the app's on my phone. I can track it if I want to. I, I can do whatever I want midday if I want to. And things changed in a really positive way. That's a very small example. But like, what happens if we stop leading with that fear and just try something? Try. I can do that. Okay. I can try. I will tell you, it makes me very nervous. It should. But I'm willing to try because I'm paying you. you if I'm not going to listen to your homework, then <laughs> that's yeah. stupid. Yeah. So, okay. I can, I can work on that. There we go. Well, this is a really weird way to end a podcast. I like, I think both of us are very used to like, you know, tight wrapping up things in a nice little bow, but, um, it's kind you know, of life. This is, it is, it is totally life. And honestly, even these like huge conversations and topics that we each tackle, like we pretend like, okay, well, there was my 45 minutes on that topic. So now that's solved and on the shelf. So, so it's more real life. Yeah. Well, thanks, Megan. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks for the idea. Thanks for doing it. And I am going to wrap it up in one tiny little way because my control freakness cannot. (laughs) So like as we digress from coaching status, and maybe I should ask my coaching clients this, but every person that's on my podcast has to answer the question of what does being fierce mean to you? Oh, man. I think you probably should have prepared me for this. That's okay. Which... I like off cuff. Um, I don't like preparedness. So I think Beyonce's fierce. So can I say embodying Beyonce, but not like body. Like she just carries this like, I don't give a fuck. Miss. She's just doing her. Yep. Um. So... Yeah, Sasha Fierce. Isn't that her like her like alter ego? I think it is. Maybe that's why you associate. But it's true. Yeah. We just need to we'll get you an alter up. ego. Yep. Well, well so, we figured right. it out. We figured it out. Perfect. Lauren Fierce is not cool enough, so we'll we'll take recommendations well, from yeah. the list. Send it in. Let her let her know <laughs> what we can change it to. Awesome. Well, thank you, Lauren. Thanks, Megan. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit and Fierce podcast. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and download so you never miss an episode and drop me a rating and review. It's the best way to support the show and to keep more episodes coming your way. See you next time.